This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number 2, and I'm sitting here speaking on the level with John Coulter. John, why don't you introduce yourself, tell me the name of your home Blue Lodge, and any offices or titles you may have in that Blue Lodge. I belong to uh, Kirby Lodge uh, Number 18 in Kirby, Oregon. Uh, currently not holding an office, not a past master of the lodge. I have devoted my time to kids. And to so kids. that being said, we are here today at Oriental Lodge in Mesa, Arizona, and you're you're traveled here from uh, Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Yep. And tell me why we're here today. Well, I'm uh, the Associate Supreme Guardian of Job's Daughters, and we are here doing a supreme visit to Arizona. Um, every jurisdiction uh, that Job's Daughters is in, we spend a couple days with that jurisdiction, seeing how they're doing, seeing what their needs are, seeing what positive things that they're doing in their Job's Daughters uh, state that we could share with the rest of Job's Daughters. We're also here honoring one of our officers, um, who is a Supreme uh, Chaplain, Donna Nessick, and so we're also here sharing it with her weekend and, and having an opportunity to thank her for her service to Job's Daughters, specifically to uh, the state of Arizona. Um, they lost their charter for Job's Daughters to have their own state, um, basically sovereignty, back uh, three years ago. And her and uh, a number of other adults here have worked hard the last three years to continue to keep Job's Daughters not only alive, but to grow and get stronger in the state of Arizona. And we're hopeful that one day they will have their sovereignty again as a state. Tell me a little bit, I don't have a lot of exposures to Job's Daughters, and we did get a chance to talk to Donna and Sarah, but tell me a little bit about how how is Job's Daughters, how, how does masonry work with Job's Daughters, and what is your involvement there? Well, I, I grew up in the Masonic world. Uh, my grandparents both were very involved. My grandfather was a past master. My grandmother was an Eastern star. And so from my earliest youth, I can remember going to everything Masonic. Um, that matter of fact, they raised my brother and I for a significant portion of our youth. So I grew up as a DMLA, the boys' version. Okay, right. I'm a past master counselor um, of DMLA. And it became a way of life. My wife actually was my honored queen when I was a kid. So we've known each other probably since our birth. Um, and when our, we've, we have three daughters, we have eight children, but we've, our youngest three are daughters. And when they became old enough to join Job's Daughters, uh, my wife kind of brought them back to Job's Daughters. And much like I think happens with most fathers who are engaged with their, their children, you start to become involved in that organization. Having been a Mason already, I had been doing other things in my community or in my industry, but it was time to come back and do things like Masonry for me because it was the right time with my daughters. And so I have spent the last 15 years being very involved in Job's Daughters. Wow, um, so that's a long time. It is, and the one of the challenges that I do see is um, we lack enough adults these days in not only uh, Job's Daughters, not only in Masonic Youth, but I think in every walk of life, we don't have enough adults evolve where kids are. We tend to rely on others to do it for us instead of us stepping up as parents. So one of the things that we find in our organizations is if you have the time, there's a lot of kids out here who need that adult mentorship that they're not maybe able to get because their families come from split homes, um, split marriages, you know, those kind of situations. and Or their families are so active in other 
uh, pursuits, they don't have time to get involved with their, their children. That, that's how we kind of become more of a focus for them. So I think as men in masonry, you know, one, to me, probably the greatest job to have is something that involves the youth. Being involved at a Bethel level, uh, making a difference for one or two kids, you know, that, that's the rewarding experience. Uh, they are the lifeblood of our organization, is our youth. And yeah, a lot of men I talked to came up through the Malay and are now Masons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing how many Masons actually have become Masons because their wives were Job's daughters and they got married <laughs> and their wife says, you're now going to join Masonry so that you can be involved with us as well as Job's daughters. <laughs> we hear that often enough. Or the daughter, the daughter wants to join. And um, up until recently, um, the only way a, a girl could be a Job's daughter was through uh, really, you know, blood relationships. Now, this past summer, we changed that requirement in Job's Daughters. Um, That's kind of a big change. Huh? It's a significant change, and it was one that the daughters wanted. And I think it was time that the adults finally recognized and, and heard the daughters. And they they do value that their parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles were members of Masonry, but they also recognize that there are so many good kids out there today that we can't find that connection, and they want them to be a part of our organization. Right. And so through Masonic sponsorship, uh, a master mason has an opportunity to sponsor a young lady along with a majority member from Job's Daughters to join our organization. And the girls now can bring in those close friends who they think would bring value to their particular Bethels. So you mentioned a little bit about your uh, grandfather was a mm-hmm. mason. Was your father a mason as well? No, my father, it was interesting. My father uh, joined DMLA only for a short period of time, and it wasn't for him. Okay. Um, and so I'm thankful uh, that I was probably raised by my grandparents for that period of time. Um, where I, you know, I was at ages three to eight is where I think you attain your moral compass. And I think that's where I got from my grandparents and their engagement in not only masonry or Masonic things, but in community. My grandfather used to say, you either live in a house or a home, and a house is an address, and a home is where you put roots out in your community. And so I was raised to have roots in the community, and that's through masonry, it's through civic uh, organizations like chambers and things like that, uh, through you know, work with your industry, work with your church. Uh, you know, again, I think your communities are strong if the people in it work together. And we're trying to do the same thing in masonry uh, to revive our own organization. We're seeing a lot of young men coming up today that believe kind of that fraternity feeling. They come from police, fire, military. Right. So we're getting a lot of these young gentlemen joining our organization who thrive in that environment. They believe in community. They believe in working together. Uh, and now we've just got to now reach into that pool of young men that are in joining our Blue Lodges and get them involved in our youth organizations, whether it's you know Dean Lay, Rainbow, or Job's Daughters. So how did you, speaking of getting into DMLA, how did you first, one of the questions I always ask people is when did you first become aware of this thing called Freemasonry? I was three years old. <laughs> Literally. Wow. My grandfather and grandmother would go to different things, and I was three years old, and we would get a babysitter, and they'd say, well, granddad is going to Blue Lodge, grandmother's going to Eastern Star. I mean, it was our first recognition. Um, I remember when I was six years old, uh, we went to our first 
function, and it was a Job Stoddard installation. It's six, and you remember six. I still remember it, and what I remember most about it was the closing cross, and you had a chance to see it today. It is the most awe-inspiring part, I think, of what Job's Daughters presents to the public, is being able to see our daughters in that closing very, cross. Very beautiful and, and well-executed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very much, yeah. and, it, and it's a symbol of our organization and the respect that we have for God, country, and each other. Is there anything different about Freemasonry than you expect? I mean, you had a lot more exposure in other mm -hmm. Anything different about it after you joined? No, you know, I think unfortunately I didn't, I didn't, uh, when I joined, I was still in the military at the time, and then I got involved in going to college and pursuits of, uh, of my industry. I never got engaged in it like my grandfather did at a young, as a young gentleman. I think that'll be something that I'll have an opportunity to do, you know, as time moves on now for me. Um, when you become be, one of the gray hairs, as I like to say. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll always be involved in Job's Daughters. I'll always be involved in DMLA because I find that that to me is so important. But I think there's other things now that I'll, I'll get more involved. I am a member of Eastern Star. I'm, a mem I'm, oh, an, okay. I'm an Amaranth member. I look to join Shrine. My father was in the Shrine Hospital. He was one of mm. their patients. So that's something close to home for me as well. Yeah, my niece has been actually helped by the Shrine in Iowa. She has a disease. She has SMA if she can't walk, and they have actually driven her from Iowa to the hospital in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Great, great, great it's a great group of people. Any one of the things we say, we we talk about the brotherhood and Freemasonry, and about build, you know, we make good men better. Um, how has Freemasonry made you a better man? Well, I think as your earliest recognition that you get involved in these organizations, first off, you are mentored by great men, and they give you their values of life, their moral compass. They give you an understanding of tools like um, how to speak in public, how to work with other people's volunteers, how to organize and lead an, a, an event. Those are tools that oftentimes we don't find in other walks of life. And you are able to find those in Freemasonry. But I think more than anything, to me, Freemasonry is a community taking care of its community. And, you know, good men come to our organization, and then we take care of those around us. I have to say that that's actually something that I didn't expect when I joined Freemasonry. I thought I was joining this fraternity, a bunch of guys, get to know a place to hang out and get to know other men, good men, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how much that everybody takes care of, the things everybody does for everybody else, the way all the different Masonic bodies are interconnected. I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Well, and we're there to take care of people that are disadvantaged and or, you know, all of our organizations have philanthropic programs. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I gave a kidney to my brother. So wow. you know, for me, uh, kidney is important. So Amaranth has a lot of meaning to me specifically because that's their philanthropic. So I think, you know, the fact, too, that we teach our youth from their earliest age of 10, the philanthropy is so important. If you have something, share it. If you're able to give, give. And go out and try to earn things and be able to give to others that can't do it for themselves always. And I watch our kids, their faces beam up when we're able to give a hearing aid to a kid because his family can't afford it and he can't hear. And so through our Job's Daughters raising money for what we call hike, hearing impaired uh, kids endowment, we're able to help a, a young kid. And our youth are learning that at a very young age. It's not always about me, it's about us. And how do we teach that message? 
So is there someone who stands out to you? You mentioned mentors. You mentioned having an impact on the kids. Thinking back to yourself as a kid or as a young Mason, is there someone who stands out to you that really had that impact on you? Well, it was my grandfather. Um, my grandfather and grandmother, um, you know, when my parents were divorced and my dad wasn't able to take care of us for a while, my grandparents showed the unselfishness of taking care of us um, getting us involved in these youth organizations to make sure we had a good foundation for life, make sure we had good tools for life, and make sure we were surrounded by good people, Masons, Eastern Star. So for me, it was my grandfather really was my mentor that um, I think you don't realize it when you're a kid. I think you don't tend to listen to your grandparents enough. Right. Um, you, <laughs> yeah, you listen back, to your grandparents. Yeah, you look back on <laughs> life many years later and you go, you know, I probably should have let them know you were listening. You were listening. Yeah. You just... Um, I think as you grow older, you start to recognize what they were trying to say to you really had a lot of value and it was going to have a meaningful part of your life. Amen. Anything, any funny stories or good stories you want to share about any, any of your travels or events mm-hmm. that you've been involved in or anything like that? Well, I, I think, you know, the journey I'm on this year is an amazing journey for a Master Mason. Um, to be able to work with someone like I do, Jeannie, who's the Supreme Guardian, and two young ladies, and travel the world of Job's Daughters, and have an opportunity to sit down with jurisdictions like Arizona, and and listen to how they're going, and what they're doing, be able to share what you've learned in your travels that may help them, what an opportunity. Uh, It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It would be something that um, I think every Mason could and wish be able to do. And Are you visiting other countries as well? We visit Brazil, Australia, and the Philippines, as wow. well as all of Canada. So that's where we have Job's Daughters in all those areas. So it's a year-round, um, although I still run a business, um, it's still about uh, 250 nights that you're out seeing wow. the world of Job's Daughters for a year. That's a lot of visiting. <laughs> it is. Um, but again, you know, it's up to us to take care of our future. It's not going to get handed to you. And we need to, if we have the resources and the wherewithal, we need to step up, especially as Masons, and take that challenge. Well, John, thank you very much for taking the time to talk I to me. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was enjoyable. I'll give your microphone back.